lethal trackdown. The young Boba Fett has taken the law into his own hands and made two attempts on the life of Mace Windu, the Jedi Master who killed his father. Boba's mentor, bounty hunter Aura Singh, has taken three Republic officers hostage in an effort to force Windu to face Boba on their terms. A tactic that does not sit well with the young vigilante. Tigar, welcome to the 92nd Boba Busting episode of MandoVision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking this small, independent Star Wars podcast. The best way to reach out to us via social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Please know that you can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing this show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. If possible or so inclined, five-star reviews go a long way to helping spread the word about what we're doing here on the Mandavision podcast, the good time we're having, and, and why not share that good time with friends, family, loved ones, and people who owe you $25. <laughs> I don't know why $25, but... Seems like a good round number. It's a possibility. We're in that time of year. Fantasy football debts are in play. You know, you probably got some some deadbeats in your league and coughed up the entry fee yet. Make him listen to this podcast. Put him on blast. You know, you know they, you know you want to. <laughs> All right, we are back. It is. It's. It's here. It's. We've made it. The season two finale of Star Wars: The Clone Wars on Star Wars: The Clone Wars Rewatch Mondays. How'd that happen? It's almost like we planned it. Don't let the word get out that I'm planning things on the show. People will freak out. So yeah, we're here for it. Lethal Trackdown, Season 2, Episode 22. Original air date, April 30th, 2010. Our plot for this week. Boba Fett and Nora Singh are using hostages to force Mace Windu to face them. But with Mace and Anakin still recovering from wounds suffered last week, Plo Koon and Ahsoka Tano track down the bounty hunters Ooh, and this one directed by by what who many consider to be our lord and savior i don't know if i go that far but i like the man quite a bit i'm i'm fond of him uh very much i am of course referring to dave filoni himself written by dave filoni and Drewzy greenberg our cast this week james arnold taylor as plo coon jimmy king is aura singh and a droid this week Daniel Logan is back as Boba Fett. Ashley Eckstein as Tano. Jim as Tano. As Ahsoka Tano. My goodness. Jim Cummings is back as Hondo Onaka. D. Bradley Baker as the Clone Troopers. Bosk and Thug Number 2. Corey Burton, pirate, bart- pirate slash bartender. Robin Atkins Downs as Castus. 
Terrence T.C. Carson as Mace Windu, Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker, and Thug Number 1, Julian Holloway as Admiral Killian, and Tom Kane is our narrator, and Thug Number 4. There you have it. That is our cast for this week. Our Jedi fortune cookie, Revenge is a Confession of Pain. And whose pain are we talking about? We're talking about Boba Fett's pain. And he's going to confess it this week. Uh, this start. This is a really interesting uh, uh, season finale this week. Uh, you know, nary a sight of, of, of any of our main protagonists. You know, just a, a passing moment or two with Anakin. Uh, no Obi-Wan Kenobi to be seen. Instead, we're focused on, on Plo Koon and Ahsoka Tano, which is a nice dynamic. They have a fun relationship with each other that I really enjoy and respect, and I'm glad we're getting to see a little bit more of it on the screen. Not even Mace Windu, who, who you know, Boba Fett is... is but Mace is Boba's target. Uh, but Plo, Plo Koon insists that he stay on the sidelines for this one. Let him handle it, because... Well, the sight of Mace Windu might cause the child to become irrational in, in this, his desire for revenge. And and this also this episode also opens very interestingly enough... Our narration puts the title of the episode right there on Fun Street. I mean, you heard it in the opening there. Lethal Trackdown. Right there for all the world to hear and see. Uh, an interesting, interesting thing to observe right there. We also get... Uh, I thought it was interesting at the, at the closing of, the, of, of, our, of our narration, of our opening sequence there, how Boba Fett is described as a vigilante, which I suppose is, is one word to describe him. Um, but it's it's not as if Bosk and Aura Singh are, are are vigilantes as well, and they're they're all about Boba and his pursuit of justice for Django. I think it's more of a of an honoring of Django as a fellow bounty hunter more than anything else. But it's interesting to uh, ponder this young Boba Fett as a vigilante and not a bounty hunter just yet. I mean, he's talking about making a profit. He seems to want to fill his father's footsteps. Um, but yeah, he considered a vigilante by our narrator in this week's episode. So I thought I thought that was interesting and of note and worthy of talking about. So yeah, this is our concluding chapter of what I call the Young Boba Trilogy. And uh, it's, an, it's a really packed episode. It's really dense. There's a lot of things going on here. There's a lot of really interesting pieces of dialogue. Uh, you know, we, we find a Boba Fett who is uh, torn and, and twisted by the things that he wants to do and his ability to actually do them. Uh, you know, still still a lot of uh, green under the gills for Boba Fett, you know. Not ruthless killer. Not um, not a killer at all, honestly. Like, he, he goes, the scene we're about to play next, he goes to Killian. He goes to Admiral Killian, his hostage, and, and sort of apologizes for what he, what, what the, what's going on. He doesn't want to kill them. They're not what he wants to kill. He wants to kill Mace Windu. He's not all about uh, uh, these casualties, you know, the kind of the the sort of casualties of war of his personal war. Uh, he wants to minimize that. You know, we saw in the first episode he didn't want to blow up the cruiser and sacrifice all those people who who were not were directly involved uh, in his father's killing. So Boba Fett's in a in an interesting place with his uh, with his morality on the line and and sort of his innocence at the same time. I mean, he's still a young boy. And but he's he's sworn to avenge his father, and and it doesn't seem like it's gonna go his way, and I think he sort of sees the 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 pull that Arasing and Bosk and and these other bounty hunters people that he seems to have 
forged relationships with, whether pre or post his father's passing. You know, he's again, he's 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 with these people. He seems to want to honor his father in that regard. That was his father's profession: bounty hunter, galactic bounty hunter, galactic badass bounty hunter. And, and but he's not doesn't he doesn't have that ruthlessness just yet. We're we're seeing it take shape. We see his anger. Uh, but he hasn't learned how to sharpen it into that that age, that edge that we know him to have down the road. The ruthlessness isn't there yet, but it must be coming, right? Again, these are these are vital first steps on Boba's journey, and while it maybe doesn't plan doesn't pan out the way he intends for it to, uh, still really important stuff happening in these episodes for Boba Fett as he develops into the bounty hunter that we know he will become and for the reputation that we know he will have. So interesting, interesting stuff. Really a lot of facets to get into. And, you know, I, I, it's, it's funny. I earmarked so many interesting sound clips in this episode uh, because there, there's, again, there's so much. It, it's a very densely packed episode. You could talk about Hondo, Naka, and Aura Singh's relationship for 25 minutes. I mean, there's, there's a lot to pull into here. You know, Plo and Ahsoka... And their relationship and their their handling of the situation. Uh, there's there's just some and, and I mean Hondo alone could you could talk about him and his role in this and his sort of refusal to get directly involved. He's just gonna let Aura Singh do what Aura Singh does. Uh, there, again, so much, so many layers to this episode, so much enjoyment. Uh, we mentioned it in last week's show another another example of of Star the Star Wars chronology being a little bit out of line in this episode because it certainly seems that when Ahsoka and and Plo arrive on Florum that that Ahsoka's never met Hondo Anaka before, even though we know from earlier in the season that she has. But maybe this is her first encounter with him as well. So you and you have to wonder as well, because when we close out season one, Aura Singh was in Cad Bane's group that led the assault in the Senate building to to liberate Zero Hut from prison. So and that's something we're gonna get into in season three. We're gonna get a follow up to that finally. So yeah, we continue to jump around in the chronology and the timeline of Star Wars, not linear. And that does make it a little bit more fun, but sometimes you do have to wonder, like, where does this one fall? And, and sometimes there's a complicated arithmetic involved, and arithmetic, not my strong point, was an English major. So if you want to call me out for bad grammar, cool. Uh, if you want to call me out for bad math, well, I'm just going to shake my head and be like, yeah, I know, I don't, I, I don't do math. That's, uh, that's what i got a calculator and a phone for. That's why I break out my abacus. I have an abacus. That was a lie. It's a lie. I was just trying to sound cool by saying that I had an abacus. Anyways, let's get into the episode proper here. I know you're ready for it. We're closing out season two of the Clone Wars, and we're going big, baby. We're gonna close this one out in style today. It's gonna be so much fun. You know what to do. You know what I'm about to say. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. This isn't what I wanted. You don't have to do this. You're not like them. I can tell. What do you know, old man? I know a good soldier when I see one. I'm no soldier. I'm no clone. Not like those two. What? What are you looking at? Boba. What's going on? Nothing. I want to pause it right there. I don't normally interrupt the opening uh, bumper, but this is a really... Uh, interesting sequence here. A lot to kind of pull apart in this one, too. We've talked about it in the, in the prior episodes. 
uh, of this trilogy with Boba Fett and, and when he's around the other clones and the sort of very visceral reaction that he has to being around them is, and is, is very negative. And again, we don't have an answer for it. I'm curious, though. I'm going to put it back out there again. Is it because he sees his father's face on all these clones? Or is it because he thinks he is, is he's not the same as them? He knows he's a clone, but he's not them. He's not like them. He doesn't have the accelerated aging. He doesn't have the, uh, the modifications that make him more docile and, and easily ordered around. You know, does he consider himself to be superior in that regards? You know, I want to know more about his feelings towards the clones in general, especially uh, um, in this in this age bracket of his. I mean, he, again, he's lost his father, so it makes a certain amount of sense that every time he sees a clone without a helmet on and he sees his father's face, that it would be upsetting, that it would trigger something in him. Uh, and I, again, I don't want to dive too deeply into the old expanded universe canon, but there was a certain point when Boba Fett, you know, much, much older, finally had to come to to accept the clones as his brother, as his role as a member of the Mandalorian people, as a member of Mandalorian society, uh, grew and increased, and he finally had to sort of confront these these you know wayward brothers of his, and and again they sort of welcome him back uh, in in a way that he was not prepared for and unexpected, but again that's the old canon that doesn't count anymore, and and so I'd love to know more about. Boba's psychology at, at, at being around the clones and, and what it's doing to him psychologically. I find it very, very interesting. I'd love to know more about it. I'd love to explore that more fully. What's interesting next is as Aura comes into the room and her seeing the, her, the, uh, Boba excuse me, around the clones and around killing and kind of sort of noting that his killer instinct is wavering. and He doesn't seem to have that killer instinct and that's something we're going to see a little bit later on in the episode. Uh, but she's very much trying to push him into being the ruthless sort of person that she is. You know, you know, life means little. It's everything or nothing. And, and making money, making profit, having a reputation, being a hard-edged killer is the only way to survive in this galaxy. Uh, it, it's interesting stuff, but let's, let's finish playing out the sequence. What are we going to do with them? Oh, I think our friends here are about to finally prove useful. <laughs> Alright, so there you go. That's that. I just wanted to play that little sound clip of, uh, of, uh, of, <laughs> of Slave One, because I like it so much. It's always it's such a distinctive noise, and I know we haven't talked too much about the Slave One controversy uh, at the moment in the podcast, but we probably will if we ever get some kind of clarification from from Lucasfilm or or, Star, or Disney on what exactly is going on with the name of Boba Fett ship. But we'll talk about that when the time comes. So, what are you planning to do with this son of Jango Fett? I'm not planning to do anything. That kid destroyed an entire cruiser trying to get to you, and you're just gonna let it go? Is there something else I should be doing, Skywalker? How about tracking him down? So I should behave as this child does. I should seek revenge. No. How is it revenge if you stop this kid and bring him to justice? In case you hadn't noticed, we are fighting a war. I want to interrupt right there because I enjoy that sequence quite a bit as well. Mace's demeanor during that whole sequence is so, I don't know, so enjoyable to me. Uh, it conjures up an image uh, that 
it's he's just sitting there. He's like basically playing on his iPad. <laughs> Maybe he's reading comic books on there. And Anakin is legitimately upset and angry about the situation that they were put through because of this child. But I love Mace's reaction, you know, like, would you have me act as this child does? It's so good, it's so Jedi, and it's also so Mace at the same time. You know, Mace is a very distinctive personality amongst the Jedi, so I really, really enjoyed that part. Now, Plo and Ahsoka are about to enter the room. Let's hear what they have to say. We have a situation. We received a transmission from the bounty hunters. All right, this is where we apparently took hostages. All right, this is where we're about to see Boba Fett not being able to do what Aura Singh is telling him to do, and her anger at him for doing it. So, so pay attention here to this bit. Mace Windu, you were lucky to escape. Your friends here were not so fortunate. Until you face Boba, these men will be killed, one at a time. What's your name? Name! <clears throat> CT-411. Pathetic. Boba, do it. Boba! That was pawns. Only two to go, Windu. And what you could, what you didn't, what you saw if you watched it, Boba couldn't pull the trigger. It was Aura who did it, who killed Pons. Come and find us. We'll be waiting. I'll go. I thought you had bigger concerns. That was before we knew hostages were involved. You are too injured to travel. And your presence would only aggravate the boy. I shall go and take Padawan Tano with me. All right, so there we go. That's a big sequence right there that helps set the stage for this episode. And uh, Aura's about to tell us what their what the next part of their plan is as, after she chastises Boba Fett for not following her instructions. All right, so as Slave One rockets across the sky, this episode's so cold, man, because they just dump Ponza's body out of the airlock and send him floating through space, never to be found again. So, so cool. Not cool. So uncool, I should say. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, let's uh, let's hear Aura. She's not stoked. Next time I tell you to pull the trigger, you do it. And now it's time for a plan. It's only a matter of time until they track us down. Something on your mind, Castus? Yeah. I got something to say. We're in over our heads. You signed on to kill Jedi. Well, this is how it's done. You said the Separatists would pay well if we killed Windu. That kid destroyed an entire cruiser, and now we're taking hostages. That was not part of the plan. I never took you for a coward, Castus. I did. Castus is a total coward. But yeah, the <laughs> and they're going to dump Castus. They're going to park. Aura has a plan, like I said. We're going to hear it in... Uh, uh, listen, I'm not going to play the whole sequence. They're going to Florum. We know that planet. We know who's on that planet. It is our friend, our old friend, Hondo Anaka. So, Aura has a plan. And the Jedi are going to come up with their plan, too. And we're going to hear what Aura... Oh, my goodness. We're going to hear Ahsoka and Plo Koon. We're about to go things in a very different way as, as they kind of investigate, you know... Again, we're going to hear it right here because I like this conversation between Ahsoka and Plo Koon as we sort of get to hear the investigative 
understanding that that Plo Koon has of the situation. So let's check this out. Master Plo, I don't understand. Shouldn't we be heading for the last place we knew Boba Fett was spotted? Why head to the one place we know he is not? So they're going down. Going to the lower levels of Coruscant, which one of my favorite places. The second bounty hunter in the hologram is Oris Singh. Another bounty hunter? Like his father, Jango Fett. Yes. It seems this boy found himself in the care of at least one of Django's associates. So we're looking for friends of Django Fett, or places where they hang out. And to do that, we must go to the lower levels. The underworld. Stop it right there, because I just love the way he says that. Uh, James Arnold Taylor, again, I love him as Obi-Wan Kenobi, but he's so good as Plo Koon. You know, probably doesn't get enough credit for his work, his vocal work as Plo. Uh, good, good stuff here. And again, we're getting, we're getting to go to the course on Underworlds, the lower levels, a place where some of my favorite Star Wars stories take place. So I'm very excited to see them, you know, kind of hang out in the more seedier elements of Coruscant. But uh, Boba and the bounty hunters are going to arrive on Florum, and we're going to meet with an old friend. Of course, of course, I refer to our old friend, Hondo Onaka. So Slave One's going to arrive on Florum. We get to see the Weequay pirate band of Hondo hanging out, doing their thing. It's, a, again, a venue we're familiar with. We've seen Obi-Wan and Anakin here in, in prior episodes. Uh, and we get to see a, a Kowokian lizard monkey fight. <laughs> How often do you get to say that in your life? Like, hey, I just saw a Kowokian monkey lizard fight going on. And it's happening this episode of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. And we even get a resolution to the fight. And it's grisly. It's beastly. These monkey lizards do not mess around. They are to be taken very, very seriously. But let's hear as Slave One arrives and Hondo greets his old acquaintance, his old lover. Oh, my dear. You never were good at asking for permission to land. I never asked for permission to do anything, my darling. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I remember. Not mine, I take it. Referring to Boba No. Part of my crew. He's Django's son. Oh, yes, yes. Sorry about your father. He was a friend and an honorable man. And that's Castus, but he's getting off here. Couldn't handle a good you. Well, don't be ashamed. You're not the first man to bail out from under her command. He's speaking from experience. Oh, oh you're a dangerous woman. Yes, very dangerous. Come, come, come. Let us go inside where we can discuss business over a drink like civilized people. All right. <laughs> that's, the, that's the tail end of the monkey lizard fight right there. The inter uh, One of my favorite parts about that is when Hondo is addressing Boba Fett and he kneels down before him and expresses condolences for the loss of Django Fett and refers to his father, to Django, as refers to Django as an honorable man. And I think that's part of 
Boba Boba's difficulties uh, when it comes to to just murdering these people in cold blood. He doesn't have it in him, and I think he's sort of trying to reconcile his future, his you know the path that he's on against the memory and the legacy of his father. And would his father have done this? Would his father have killed these innocent people in the name of revenge? And I think that's something that he's wrestling with a lot in this episode as, as he seeks to, to kill Mace Windu and avenge his father. So once inside Hondo's base, we hear very familiar music that we have heard last time we were in Hondo's lair here, in his hideout, if you will. Uh, and this is also when Ara, using a um, listening device, hears Castus making a call to an, to an aide, a Nautilin, who we'll catch up with in a little bit, uh, basically asking for a ride, asking for a lift, and offering information about Aura Singh. And so Aura hears this and quickly kills Castus while on the holocom, which is a, a pretty cool and exciting way to watch Castus come to meet his maker. But a, a poor decision by Castus. Let's just talk about that right now for a brief moment. What a dodo bird. What did he think was going to happen here? Like You're in the lair, the headquarters, the hideout of Hondo Anaka, who you've just learned is the former lover of Aura Singh, the woman you were trying desperately to get away from. You're not in a really great position at all. So do you think you should be on an open comm in listening distance of anyone offering to sell her out? And Hondo had just told you, he had just mentioned what a dangerous woman she is. He told us. Those were his words. A dangerous woman. And he's going to go and try to be like, hey, I know where she's going to be. Yeah, blaster to the back. Deserved. Deserved in my opinion. <laughs> is, that, is that mean of me? Uh, yeah, you know, these, these underworld scumbags, they all got it coming. Well, well, yeah, well. You know, listen, you know, you mess with you mess with Aura Singh and you, you get the blaster in the back. That's just kind of the way it goes, I guess. So we're going to catch up now with, with Plo and Ahsoka as they are making their way around the underworld. And I love this observation that Plo Koon has towards Ahsoka. This is some good stuff. Check this out. Well, I hope we have better luck here. This is the fifth scum bucket drinking hole we've been to. Yes. And this time, try to be more subtle. What do you mean? You've adopted many of your master's ways, including a lack of subtlety. <laughs> Sorry, Master Plo. That is definitely a true statement about Anakin Skywalker. Not subtle. Not subtle at all. So following Master Plo's advice, uh, Ahsoka enters the this underworld den with the Jedi Master, and she, t she tries to follow his instructions. She tries to um, listen, blend in, be subtle. Uh, and and it, this reminded me, what she's about to do next reminded me of the episode, the lightsaber lost episode, in which she's hanging out with Master, Master Sanube. And he talks to her about, you know, listening, pausing, attuning herself to the force and to the room in which she is in. And that seems to be what she does here. But again, that calls into question the chronology of the episodes. And I can I am unclear if this episode takes place before that that episode with Master Sanube or after it. I'm just not clear on that. 
But it's interesting to see the way she uses the force, the way she kind of blends in, and how she picks up the Nautilin, the one who uh, Castus had been talking to over the comm, is now talking to another bounty hunter, a Weequay, a member of Onaka's gang, about the murder that they just saw. So this, this proves very vital, but she's not as subtle as she thinks she is. Master Plu steps in, and they are actually able to exit the bar without causing too much of a major ruckus, uh, despite drawing their lightsabers and making it seem like uh, bad things were about to happen. But now they have a much better lead, a stronger lead on where to go, what needs to be done so that they can rescue these hostages and put an end to the situation uh, with the vengeful, apparently vigilante, Boba Fett. And yeah, and then the, our next sequence, we go back to Florum, hang out with Aura and Hondo. Let's check that scene out now. Well, my dear, you are in an interesting predicament once again. <laughs> Getting involved with the Jedi is never a good idea. Aura, we've got an incoming ship. Jedi, by the look of it. Windu! Finally. Took them long enough? Move Slave One to the outskirts and get the hostages ready. Right. So are you in or not? I will not help you, but I will not hinder you either. This is your fight, not mine. Probably a smart play by Hondo, to be perfectly honest. Now he's about to move out and uh, greet our Jedi's arriving, and again, it's not Mace, it's not who they're expecting, but they don't know that just yet. Uh, but I like this interaction between Hondo and Plo Koon. This is good stuff, so I'm going to cue that up right now. Very Western vibe. Showdown. Hello, hello, and welcome to Florum. I should assume you are walking us into a trap. Yes, you should. They're waiting inside the bar. I have no idea what she has planned for you. And the reason you are telling us is? So you know that I am not involved in this. Remember, patience. And Ahsoka nods her understanding of the situation, because things are about to get dire. Now into the bar for a meeting with Aura Singh. Bad move, Jedi. This will cost you. I wanted Windu. What are you doing here? We can do this the difficult way or the simple way. The choice is yours. Bosk, can you hear me? Roger. Execute the hostages if I give the word. Unwise. You have already lost and you don't even know it. I am prepared to kill you, the hostages, whatever it takes to get what Boba wants. Sounds more like what you want. <laughs> All right, so we'll pause it right there. Ahsoka strikes. She uh, she severs Aura's communication antenna, puts her in a hold with a lightsaber to her neck. Boba Fett obviously has the blaster to the back of Plo Koon's head. What's so fun about that scene, what's so cool about that scene is the calm demeanor with which Plo Koon continues to exude, despite the fact that he has a blaster to the back of his head. And again, him you know, issuing the ultimatum, issuing the, the statement that they've lost and they don't even know it yet. I mean, it's just, Plo is just pretty cool. I think Dave, Dave Filoni 
did not mess around giving uh, his favorite Jedi Knight some of the neatest, coolest lines in this entire episode. And, and uh, he is to be commended for it. <laughs> that is a fact. But yeah, it's a good stuff. It's a great sequence. I love this little showdown kind of coming up. All right, so Boss has lost communication with Aura Singh, but he's, he's telling the hostages that if he doesn't hear back shortly, he's going to kill him and leave anyways because he's not going to sit around and get you know, killed or arrested by the Jedi. No, no, no. So let's cut back to the bar because there's a really interesting uh, exchange here between Ahsoka and Boba. Let her go. No chance. She won't do it, Boba. She's not like you. She's right. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a murderer, but I want justice. We are justice. Don't listen to them. No one will be harmed if you come quietly. I can't let you die! You won't have to. Aura! Alright, so this kicks off a really great action sequence. Boba opens fire on Ahsoka. Aura Singh has a plan to kick the table up. Plo Koon anticipates all this stuff. It's a great action sequence. I'm not going to give the beat for beats. Just watch it. It's so freaking good. But I love that last second moment of Boba Fett saying that he can't lose Aura Singh. Aura Singh, the coldest, iciest person he's probably encountered in the entire galaxy. Uh, but he's he's sort of attached like these sort of uh, paternal feelings to her uh, in, in, the, in the wake of the loss of his father. He's been looking for someone to sort of be what Django was to him. And he sort of latched onto Aura. And as we are going to see, that was the worst person he could probably latch onto uh, because... She's going to leave him and ditch him because she will not be arrested or caught or killed for that boy. And uh, as a harsh lesson for Boba to learn. Let's go ahead and play the scene real quick after Boba's tossed a little uh, detonation device. Uh, and Aura and Boba make their choices. Boba, hurry! Aura, help! Help me! She pauses. Don't ass. leave me! Yep. No! That has to sting. It has to sting. Hostages, where are they? Boba, if you do not tell us where those men are, they are going to die. Innocent men! She left me. Harsh, harsh, harsh. Uh, this leads to a great pursuit scene between Aura and Ahsoka on some swoops. As Aura is attempting to lead Ahsoka away from where the hostages are. But Plo is going to figure that out. And yeah, they're going to be able to rescue everybody. Spoiler alert. But again, great action sequences coming up. And Aura's going to make a make a head, make it back and try to catch up with everybody. She's going to attempt to get back onto Slave 1 and fly away. And it doesn't work out. Ahsoka has a great sequence on Slave 1. Cutting off one of the controller vents, uh, no, fins, I should say. Stabilizer fins, excuse me, my goodness. And then... On top of the canopy of Slave One, using her lightsaber to go into the canopy, or seeing Blaster firing through that canopy back at her. It's a really great sequence. And then we see Slave One kind of crash off into the distance. And then next thing you know, we have everyone in custody. And this episode comes to a rousing conclusion. I'm going to back us up one second, though, because I do want to get to the point where Plo's going to be able to figure things out. He has to have Boba Fett help them. Boba's still unwilling to, so he takes Boba to Hondo. I like this. This is good stuff here. Check this out. He will not reveal the location of the hostages. 
I thought you might talk some sense into him. Tell the Jedi what he wants to know, Boba. Why should I help anybody? I've got no one. It is the honorable thing to do. It's what your father would have wanted. And it completely changes Boba's demeanor. Now, like I said, this catches us back up to the speeder bike chase, the swoops, if you will. Aura Singh leading the way, leading Ahsoka away from the hostages. But Plo is about to communicate that to her. So she's going to get to the hostages, intercept Bosk before he can kill them. But Aura sees that she's going that way. So she's heading back that way because she needs Slave 1 to get the heck off of Florum. And that's when we get that incredible uh, scene between these two, between Aura and Ahsoka. Ahsoka knocking off the, the stabilizer wing and, and that canopy shot is just awesome. It's so freaking, freaking cool. And every again, everyone goes into custody. We go back to Coruscant, Bosk and Boba Fett. And yeah, I want to go ahead and play this out for you as, as this, this young Boba trilogy comes to its conclusion. Let's hear it sort of resolve itself. Well, resolve is a strong word. I see now I've done terrible things. But you started when you murdered my father. I'll never forgive you. Hmm. Well, you're going to have to. Take him away. That is how season two ends. I, I, I'll be honest, I'm not 100% sure I understand what Mace is telling Boba Fett that he's going to have to. Why is he going to have to? He doesn't have to. This could be the thing that motivates and drives Boba Fett for the rest of his life. So I'm, I'm very curious what Mace says. I'm, uh, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm forgetting in an episode or two down the road or something like that, something later on. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure Boba Fett has very strong anti-Jedi feelings for the majority of his life. Which is why it would be so gosh darn interesting if we were to have Ahsoka Tano cross paths with Boba Fett in the wake of her new series coming soon to Disney+. Because we know the Book of Boba Fett's coming. We know the Ahsoka Tano show is coming. Maybe Ahsoka popping up in the Book of Boba Fett for a brief moment reflecting on this encounter that they had back during the Clone Wars, would be of interest to many, many people. I don't know. I don't know for sure if that's going to happen. I don't, I don't have any information on that. But again, we, you know, it's part of the fun of being a Star Wars fan is playing speculation theater, and we are doing just that. And that is this episode. That is Lethal Trackdown Season 2, Episode 22, original air date, once again, April 30th, 2010. The finale of Season 2 of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Eight and a half buckets on this episode i loved it i was delighted by it so much good stuff young boba fett is so fascinating to me again i don't recall if we spend much more time with him uh over the course of this series or if, or if we were cut short uh when when disney canceled the show in season six and he was he was planned to have a, a fairly sizable arc going up against cad bane and and asajj ventress and and everybody else um so so did we get denied more young boba fett i i for the life of me, I cannot remember. And, you know, we're, we're going to do a preview episode for season three, I think. So when we do that, we'll get a chance to kind of glance ahead, but I'm pretty sure he is not in season three either. <laughs> maybe, maybe in that Hunt for Zero the Hut episode, but I don't think so. 
I don't think so. And season three is when we get into some really wild Jedi mythology. We visit Dathomir again. I'm I'm spoiling the the preview episode, but yeah, we're gonna get into some wild stuff in season three. So look forward to that. And that is the episode. That is season two of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. We've done it. We have succeeded. Two down, twenty-two to go. Is that right? It could be. I'm not positive. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But anyways, yes, yes, yes. I, I've mentioned it on last week's show. I'm still, I still believe this is the case. There will be a slight pause on Clone Wars rewatch Mondays between seasons two and season three, as I am out of town. As you listen to this, I do believe I have some supplemental episodes, things to fill in the void, uh, particularly on on for, what was formerly known as Bad Batch Fridays. For, for you wonderful listening audience out there that I think will keep you all entertained and and thinking about Star Wars until the wee hours of the morning, which is what we all really want from our lives, to be thinking about Star Wars as much as humanly possible at all hours of the day. At least that's what I want, and I'm hoping that many of you feel the same way. So let's get the heck out of here. I want to thank you all so much for listening, sticking around as as we we continue, as we churn our way through the Bad Batch Monday episodes, Star Wars The Clone Wars Rewatch. I wouldn't be here if you all weren't still listening to it. Please reach out. Let me know if you're having a good time, uh, what you want to see come up on the show. I'm, I'll take requests. You want to talk about something specific? Let's get into it. Hit me up on social media at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. If possible or so inclined, one of the best and easiest ways to keep supporting the show, sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. They really help the small independent podcasts like us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle, and punch that algorithm right in its stupid mush. Right? Just mush. Just bust its teeth all over the place like you got a, like a, like you got a roll of quarters in your fist. It's a little violent. Apologies. Apologies. As I mentioned, I am on vacation, but I have a, a rack of episodes pre-recorded and loaded and ready to go. The same is true on my other podcast, the TomCast Popcast. We are spending the month of September diving back into the fun of the pop culture landscape. We're going back and touching base with, with uh, many cornerstone movies of my youth, some fun stuff. We're, we're, we're visiting Arrakis. We're visiting, well, I don't want to spoil everything, but there's a lot of shows coming up this month while I'm out of town. And I'd love for you to check them out and give me your feedback on that. Some good sci-fi stuff. A lot of sci-fi stuff uh, on the podcast this month in, in lieu of me being there to break down all the latest news for pop culture. So we're, we're going back into, into the well of greatness that existed in the 80s, particularly. One movie from the 90s, for sure. <laughs> Maybe two. Depends how long. Like I said, I got a bunch of stuff loaded and ready to go. So check out the TomCast podcast, too. It's a little bit more... Uh, language intense than I than I do for the Star Wars show, but it's still a fun time if you are of the appropriate listening age, apparently, if you don't if you don't mind naughty words. Anyways, let me get out of here. Thank you so much for listening to the MandoVision podcast. My name is Tom, Nargai Tom, and you are all the best people in the galaxy. Whether it's a long time ago or now, you're still the best. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back very, very soon with another exciting episode of MandoVision. And until then, remember, the podcast only ends one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. way.